Now, I remember when I was watching The Irishman a few weeks ago, in the first quarter of the film or so, I was actually a little deflated when it came to De Niro's performance. The reason being is, is that when you think of the great De Niro performances over the years, he transforms himself so incredibly but that he becomes the character. You never at all feel he is playing a character, that he is acting, that he is doing dress up. He is Travis Bickle, with the look, the voice, the mannerisms and all. He is Rupert Popkin, Jake LaMotta, Max Cady, and all the great characters he has played. Each is so different, it's like a completely different person. And that's precisely what I felt De Niro lost after the turn of the century. Of course, it coincided with him picking poorer films and giving poorer performances, but even when he was good, like in Silver Linings Playbook, or more recently 2019's Joker, he kind of plays the same person over and over again. It's just De Niro doing De Niro. And there's nothing wrong with that. Many actors like Morgan Freeman, Clint Eastwood, and even Al Pacino after the 90s pretty much play their characters with the same kind of expressions and mannerisms and voices. But one of the reasons De Niro was so special is that because in his prime, each character felt like a completely different person. And my hope was that re-teaming with Scorsese would produce another character to place in the Hall of Fame. Initially though, my feelings were that this wasn't the case. When we first see De Niro in the first couple of scenes, I kind of thought to myself, oh, he's just doing De Niro again. De Niro stammers and flubs what he's saying quite a lot in real life during interviews, and he does so in the film. This came off as quite a tacky performance, although later it would click with me that the real Frank Sheeran, of course, also had a stammer, and the way De Niro delivers his lines adds to the naturalistic flow of conversations in the film. Anyway, combine my early reservations with the fact that the CGI in the opening stages of the film is when it's at its most hokiest, it didn't look like it was shaping up to be a classic De Niro performance. There's also an element where I wasn't even sure how much of De Niro's performance I could credit to the actor himself. As I discussed in an older video, will the de-aging CGI affect the performances? I wasn't really sure if certain expressions I was seeing were being done by De Niro or by one of ILM's de-aging team. There's one part, for example, where Sheeran is on the phone to Jimmy Hoffa for the first time, and when he says hello, you see this vulnerable, anxious look on De Niro's face, like he's nervous about speaking to the team's president. Everyone gets less expressive and physically emotive as they get older, and as I've never seen De Niro look so weak and almost childlike in any role he's played in recent years when he's an old man, I thought to myself, maybe that wasn't De Niro, maybe it was the CGI. But either way, all these kind of thoughts, you know, swim around in your head and collide with each other on your first viewing of The Irishman. As you try and judge and get to grips with the CGI, it's distracting. And I'm sure I'll be able to relax a lot more on my second viewing. But anyway, fast forward three and a half hours. And honestly, I actually left the theatre and I was thinking to myself that The Irishman not only contains a good De Niro performance, but the character of Frank Sheeran is right up there with his all-time great characters. It's quite bizarre, really. It's almost hypnotical. De Niro's performance is one that creeps up on you. It's never front and centre during the film. It's very subdued and subtle, despite him being the main character. And De Niro is overshadowed by the likes of Al Pacino, electric and energised, and Joe Pesci, who has a kind of powerful aura about him. De Niro's character is our pivot into this huge expansive story. He's our Henry Hill. And we tend to forget him when we're getting caught up in, for example, the likes of Hoffa's trial battles. But honestly, at least for me, after you've let the film digest, 
after you've taken in as much as you can, it's the performance of De Niro that you remember more than any other actors. And I suppose that's kind of the point. What with most of the film's characters dying off or distancing themselves from Shirin, the story might not be predominantly about him, but it's his story you end up reflecting on the most, especially after the film's last half hour or so. Some might feel, as I did to an extent, that De Niro is too stiff, he's too stoic and emotionless, but that's the character he's playing. It's the performance of a no-nonsense hitman whose personal feelings are masked under a persona of rigid machismo. He's not supposed to show emotion, he's just supposed to get on with the job, and the fact that De Niro is able to bleed Sheeran's emotions into any situation, whether it's through his facial expressions, the way he speaks during a voiceover, or the way he acts, is exceptional. He kind of sits back in the film, and allows other actors to take charge of a scene, whether it's Pacino on one of his tirades, Pesci giving the quiet orders, or De Niro getting a grilling from Harvey Keitel. De Niro's performance is so layered, it's just so mesmerising on so many levels. It's worth mentioning that he essentially plays multiple characters in the film. Whereas everyone else in the movie pretty much acts the same throughout all the different decades the movie moves through, with the de-aging CGI doing most of the work, De Niro moves with the times. Aside from a few seconds worth of shots as a 20-something-year-old World War II soldier, De Niro plays Frank Sheeran during multiple ages, each with their own special requirements. When De Niro was in his 40s and 50s, for example, he has to mimic Sheeran's formidable size and presence. Sheeran is described as someone who automatically has others part in front of him while he's walking down the street. He just has that kind of moxie about him. It's also quite a physical role, as De Niro has to do some lifting, pushing, kicking and threatening, and he has to do so with a touch of naivety, as he is still a novice in the world of the Mafia at this stage in the film. The level of subtlety is amplified when the character reaches his 60s, with the car journey with Buffalino where he reminisces about better times, the salad scene where he is given the order to carry out a hit on his own friend, and in this scene for example he has to mask his feelings or else even the wrong expression can send him to the grave. Then you have the long car ride to Hoffa's doom, and you can see hundreds of thoughts flying through Sheeran's head, until finally the stone-cold deed is carried out without hesitation. After Sheeran carries out the hit, despite his rigidness, you can feel him almost crumble at times. There are scenes where you feel like he's almost going to break down in tears and confess to anyone who's listening that he killed Jimmy. One such scene is the powerful one between him and his daughter where she questions why he hasn't phoned up Hoffa's wife. That one-worded question, why, it was such a powerful scene and would go on to be a major theme of the film. Why? Why did he do what he did? Could it have been different? These thoughts fly through his head whilst the film takes us through the next stages of the story. One of my favourite scenes in The Irishman is one that I feel is De Niro's best scene in the film, and in fact one of his standout scenes in his entire filmography. It's the part where he phones Jimmy Hoffa's wife to comfort her and he tells her it's going to be all alright. It's such an incredible display of acting. You can see a range of different emotions and thoughts that Sheeran is going through, he is genuinely upset for her and wants her to be okay. He's sad himself because Hoffa is gone. He's feeling like a hypocrite by telling her that they'll find him and that he'll be okay. He's feeling guilty of the fact that he himself killed Hoffa. Part of him wants to just reveal what happened and let it out so the burden is lifted. And you can see how he just wants the conversation quickly ended after a point because he just doesn't know what to say. And you can see the entire ordeal getting to him. 
It reminds me of a phone conversation Travis Bickle has in Taxi Driver, where he's so pathetic and cringeworthy that even the camera moves away out of shame and embarrassment. But here the camera shows no such mercy, being right up in the face of Sheeran as he stutters and bumbles his way through what is supposed to be a show of support. It's a truly magnificent display of acting. And this brings us to the old man Sheeran segments of the film, where you'd think De Niro might find it easier given in real life he is closer in age to Sheeran at this point in the Irishman's life, but he showcases so much that it could be regarded as a separate performance in of itself. This is where the character and the film becomes melancholy, reflective, introspective and remorseful. One thing I found quite interesting was that the movie version of Sheeran is still a lot harder than the version in the original script I read written in 2007 by Stephen Zelane. Though a lot of it is still the same as the final film, there are some key differences such as there being a scene during Sheeran's old age where he is probed and prodded but remains firm in his indifference to the numerous murders he's carried out. He eventually breaks down when he's questioned about Hoffer and the fact that he knew Hoffer's family. This scene is described as being a recorded video footage and De Niro looks up right at the camera, pain in his face and he says, what kind of man does what I did to a friend? It's when the film finally gets Sheeran, it's when he's finally nicked, he's finally cracked in terms of his emotions and the facade is over, the veil is lifted and we see that after all of what we've witnessed, what this man has done, we're left with an old man who can't get over the fact that he killed his good friend. Interestingly, this moment never comes in the film, but it comes close in a part where a priest questions Sheeran's lack of empathy towards his victims' families as he doesn't know them. Sheeran blurts out about there being one man whose family he did know, but he stops himself before continuing and the conversation moves on. It's interesting that the film chose for Sheeran to retain his dignity, for the lack of a better word, that not even the priest was given all the information, and the fine details were left with Sheeran alone, and his facing of God Almighty. And this weight, this heaviness in the heart of Sheeran, is evident in De Niro's superb portrayal of the hitman. He plays a stern father, a cold killer, a hollow old man, a warm friend, and a man burdened with a heavy weight, thinking about what will come after death. It's a huge undertaking, and yet he pulls it off magnificently, and it's through him that the film's storylines and arcs weave and interchange. It's a performance whose level of brilliance cannot be comprehended without rewatches and reflection. And it's truly one of the standouts in De Niro's filmography.